Father, we thank you for working in our lives, bringing freedom through Christ, freedom from the power of sin, freedom from the consequences of sin, and the life that we have in Christ. We thank you for your word, and it's our desire to be hearing, doing, being responsive to you in our daily lives. Because we know that Christ is at work in us, your spirit lives within us. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Lord willing, this week we'll go visit my mother. She's in rehab. I talked to my sister yesterday and I said, can you tell me where this place was? And she said, do you have a GPS? I said, no. But if we had a GPS, what would we do? We would put the location in and we would trust GPS to get us there. But you've got to have a destination to use a GPS. If you're going to get from one point to another point. Joseph was in prison. Well, before he went into prison, he was sold by his brothers into slavery, ended up in Potiphar's house. And because Mrs. Potiphar lied about him. He ended up in prison for a number of years and then ultimately ended up second in command in Egypt. But apparently, Joseph had a determined mindset because during his time in Potiphar's house, his time in prison, and his time in leading in Egypt, he could say at the end that God was at work. So as we think about 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter tells his hearers to set their GPS on the hope that is to be given to them, on their destination, the grace that is going to be given to them. And then they need to live with determination and yieldedness to the Lord. 1 Peter 1, verses 13 through 16. 1 Peter 1 13 through 16. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully in the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. As I mentioned in the last several weeks, not only Peter, but Paul, John, as they write, they will emphasize the foundation and then the building. In this passage, a foundation is the nature of the new life in Christ, who Peter's hearers were, their being, and that's emphasized in chapter 1, 1 through 12. And then in verses 13 of chapter 1 through verse 2 of chapter 3, he emphasizes the building, if you please, the doing, the living. And again, that's an emphasis by the writers of Scripture and the epistles. Who a person is in Christ and then living and responding in light of that. In 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 through 12, we find that His hearers, and I think we today, if we're believers in Christ, we're God's elect, chosen by God, sanctified by the Spirit, sprinkled by the blood of Christ, 
receiving grace and peace. In light of that, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully in the grace to be given to you. Be holy. He also talked about the fact that these hearers, as well as believers today, had new birth into a living hope. New birth into an inheritance that won't perish, spoil, or fade away. Shielded by God's power. Receiving the goal of their faith. And experiencing the salvation predicted by the prophets. In light of that, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope on the grace to be given to you. Be holy. He calls them to action, but before he calls them to action, he says, here's who you are in your being. Here's what God has done for you. Last week we looked at self-controlled. We want to look at a phrase this morning. Set your hope. Fully in the grace to be given to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. He's calling them to action. And he says, set fully. The Greek, set your hope fully, set fully, refers to doing something perfectly. Completeness. Undivided. In essence, he's saying, set your GPS. This is not a partial focus. There's no wavering in focus. There's no double-mindedness. There's no attempting to go in two directions. It's kind of like Joshua in the Old Testament. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I made an observation about Ashley when she was a little baby. She was crawling and she would not walk. If she was here and wanted to get something at the other side of the room, she would go straight. And a couple of times I tested her. I lay down on the floor. I thought she'll go around me. No, she crawled over me. She had a set, fully focus. Her GPS was set. She was going to achieve what she wanted. And he says, set your GPS. On the grace that is to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. If you ever driven down the road and you pass an Amish buggy, it doesn't have to be Amish, but primarily Amish, you will find that their horses have blinders on so that they don't see the traffic coming up alongside them. Because if they see the traffic coming up, then they will tend to rear and so on. What's the purpose of the blinder? To set their direction in one area. Peter says, set fully. Set what fully? Your hope. The idea of hope is to look forward to. In Scripture, to be held in security. Hope involves a confidence due to a guarantee. It means to expect. It would be tied in with chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 where Peter said, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven 
for you. Set fully your hope. Sometimes we use the word, I hope it don't rain tomorrow. We're not sure. We have no control over it. Hope in Scripture is a confidence due to a guarantee. It's expecting something that will happen because it's dependent upon God and dependent upon Christ. And we want to turn to a parallel passage in relation to the hope that we have. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. And he says in verse 13, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance under the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Included in Christ, when you heard the word of truth, having believed you were marked in him with a seal. And what is the seal? The promised Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God comes to live within. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we find that Paul has something similar to say. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul says in verse 21, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 24 has something similar to say that God has given us his spirit. In the passage we are considering in 1 Peter, He talked about the spirit of Christ, which was resting on the prophets. So when Peter says, set fully your hope, it's not a, I hope it don't rain. We're dealing with a definite. Why can we say it's a definite? Because the spirit of God is a deposit. He lives within us. So there is something coming. It's a living hope. Living hope involves a vitality. There's substance there. There's vigor. It's based upon our new birth through Christ, who is the Son of God and was raised from the dead. Set your hope, set your GPS. It's a confidence. It's a definite. There's a vitality. There's a vigor. It makes a difference in how one lives and how one responds. Set your hope fully on the grace. Grace is honor and favor. In chapter 1 and verse 2, Paul says, grace and peace be yours in abundance. 
In verses 3 through 5, we see grace. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And his great mercy has given us new birth and a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And an end to inheritance that can't perish, spoil, or fade away. That's grace. Now think about the people to whom Peter is writing. It would be true of us also today. In verse 14 of chapter 1, he says, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. What were the people to whom Peter is writing? They were in ignorance. They had evil desires. In chapter 1 and verse 18, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you. They were living an empty way of life. No relationship with God. They were in chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, now you have received mercy. They were not a people of God. They had not received mercy. That's where they were. In chapter 4 and verse 3. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. That's where they were. By the way, you ever stop and think about the church is not for healthy people, it's for those that are not healthy. We invite people to Christ and then we, they come to Christ and we struggle as we walk with God and we seek to grow. And he says to them, you know, you spend enough time living in the past in debauchery, drunkenness, orgies, crowsing and detestable idolatry. That's where they were. Where are they now? In chapter 1 and verse 6, in the midst of persecution that came because came because they're walking with God, they're greatly rejoicing. Where are they now? Chapter 2 and verse 12. They're living good lives, even though they're accused of doing wrong. Where are they now? Chapter 3 and verse 14. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. They're not fearing what the unbeliever would fear. They're living in a sensitivity to God. Where were they now in verse 4 of chapter 4? They think it's strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation that they, and they heap abuse in you. They weren't living as they did in the past. They were living different lives. What happened? They experienced grace. And Paul says, set your hope fully on the grace, the unmerited favor that is to be given to you. 
When's this grace going to be given? Peter says in verse 13, when Jesus Christ is revealed. Keep in mind who Jesus was. He had apostles. He's to be obeyed. According to chapter 1 and verse 2. For obedience to Jesus Christ. God is his father. According to chapter 1 and verse 3. He was raised from the dead according to chapter 1 and verse 3. And the sufferings and glories predicted, or his glories and his sufferings were predicted by the prophets. Chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. When this Jesus Christ is to be revealed. The idea of being revealed is to be announced. To be manifested, we'll try here again. To be announced, to be manifested. Sometime in the future, Christ is going to be revealed. His glory is going to be seen. And it will be experienced. That's the idea, revealed. To be discovered in true character is the idea, revealed. And that came out in the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. This revealing cannot be the rapture because Christ does not reveal when the rapture takes place. But let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Remember, the book of Revelation is entitled Revelation. And that means the unveiling. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the unveiling of Jesus Christ. And in Revelation chapter 1, we see Christ being revealed to John. Picking up with verse 12 of Revelation 1. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned around, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. His head and hair were white like gold, wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were blazing like fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven gold or seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. John seeing Christ in a different way than he would have seen him in the Gospels. But tied in with Revelation chapter 1, let's go to Revelation 19. Where we find that Christ is going to be unveiled. Revelation 19 and verse 11. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was 
a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding in white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth came a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Peter says, set your hope fully on the grace to be given to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. They had experienced God's grace in the present. They had come from, if you want to say, a life of not walking with God into a relationship with God because of God's mercy. But he says, now, as you live in the present, as you're going through persecution, as you're experiencing difficulties, set your GPS on that grace that is to be given to you when Christ is revealed for who he is in all his glory. According to Colossians 3, 1 through 4, and tied in with First Peter, Christ is our life. We don't live merely in the present. Peter's hearers didn't live merely in the present. He says, in light of the present, set your GPS on the grace that is to be given to you when Christ is revealed. One commentator says, therefore, Peter orients his readers to a future eschatology of a grace that is fully present, but not fully realized in their lives. A grace that is fully guaranteed by the past event of the redeeming death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Although saving grace is a present reality, the gracious gift of final deliverance awaits a future realization. The inheritance that is currently kept in heaven chapter 1 and verse 4, and the full and final salvation, chapter 1 and verse 9, will be finally and completely theirs when the rule and authority of Jesus Christ that is now hidden becomes universally manifested. Peter's hearers as they went through difficulty. Such your hope. We today, as we go through difficulty, set our hope on the grace that is to be given to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Yes, we've experienced grace in the present, but there's more coming when Christ is going to be revealed. Peter's hearers, as they faced persecution, they were accused of wrong as slaves, as Wives as husbands while doing right. They didn't go along with evil. And people resisted them. And Peter said, look ahead. 
Look at the grace that is to be given to you. Today, we may face trials. We may be misunderstood for doing right. Cashier gives you some extra change and you realize that as you're walking out the door and you go back and return it to the cashier. You just help people. You give people your time and your abilities and your resources. People don't understand that. Why are you such a giving person? You know, and put you down as a result. You may get weary. We may get weary with a constant bombardment of trials, but we have an attitude of joy and we persevere and we go on in trial. We're criticized because we don't go along with a friend or with a coworker when they want to do something wrong. We just continue to do right. Someone may think it's strange that you tell the truth, even if it gets you in trouble. You won't cheat. You're just honest. But you just continue to do that in spite of taking some heat for it. You've been alienated on the job because you work hard. You're there to please God. And in pleasing God, you please the boss. And you just work well. And people criticize. What does Peter say to us today? Set your GPS on the grace that is to be given to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Living in the present demands a focus on the future. If we fail to live in that way, it's so easy to get off track. There's something bigger going on than what we see in the present. There's a grace to be revealed. Put on those blinders. Set the GPS. Have a single focus. That's in response to what God has done in us. Communion reminds us of Christ's sacrifice in the past. Our present hope and our future salvation. Communion, we reflect in Christ and what he did in the past. We reflect on the grace we're experiencing in the present. But we also reflect on the future salvation, the future grace that is going to be revealed when Jesus Christ is revealed. We live in the present due to Christ's life, his work in the past. We live well in the present because we anticipate the future glories involved in Christ. Grace is coming in the future. So we live well in the present. We live in relationship with the body, and that's why Paul says, examine yourself. You know, how are we living in relationship with the body? But we live because of Christ. And as we partake of communion this morning, your believer in Christ more than welcome to partake of the Lord's table.
We talk about bread, the body of Christ, representing the body of Christ. Talk about the juice tied in with the blood of Christ. We've been bought with a price. The precious blood of Christ, as Peter says, a lamb without spot or blemish. Ask the men to come forward, please.